cock-a-doodle-doo. Hello, baby! What a fucking day this is. How's everybody out there? Sean and Dee's Good Tape. Sean and Dee's Good Tape. But of all these friends and lovers, there is no one compares with you. Sean and Dee and that Evan. Hey, oh, then there was Don't Call Me Coco, or over. <laughs> <laughs> You could be sitting there, you know, just out of the shower in your underwear, shaving your dick and just dancing around. That threw me off. Sorry. What the fuck, Sean? Do better. As you all know, disappointment starts with D. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's so good. Fuckers. Let's get this party started. Welcome to this bonus episode of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski, how you doing, D? Hello, Bongo. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. It's been like three months, and we're back. Bonus episode. I'm not calling it that the show's back necessarily. It's just a bonus episode, and we'll get to that coming up. But uh, but man three months that's a that's a long time and we said the show was over but we said we'd do some special episodes once in a while and this is a special episode i think we've got a good one cooked up a great playlist longer one than we normally do but uh but for for a good reason i think yeah uh it's it's uh yeah but how you been sean i've i've been all right it's uh it's been a uh, interesting summer so far lots of baseball and t-ball and all that fun kind of stuff and you're in you're not even in the same country as all of us or the same time zone as usual so where are you uh hanging out these days i'm in uh, Lonstuhl, germany puppy sitting for friends of mine and uh <laughs> so if you hear dogs barking in the background it's leia from a couple of years ago that some of you might remember uh she made appearances on the show frequently uh yes. during that time and uh and they got a new one malu who is uh probably even more needy oh, okay okay <laughs> well you know we, we were just talking about because we have a special guest that we're going to introduce coming up in just a little bit but we were talking about how many people we've had guests on the uh on the program and we talked about richie was a guest before he was on full time and he'll be on future episodes too it's just not this one and uh then um then we had uh your uh, niece katie on for an episode one week and we talked about having Jamie, listener Jamie, on several times. But I forgot about Leia. Leia was indeed a special guest on the uh, 
on the show because of how active Leia was when uh, the last time you baby or dog sat, I guess. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember I was thinking about that earlier today too, that, that one episode where she was just going nuts at the end of it. <laughs> we just cut it off. We were just like, we're done. And she went, yeah. yeah. Like she was just like, no, no motherfucker. We're done <laughs> this shit. Yeah. I need attention and I need it now. I think she might've also, did. I think at also one point, which is very similar to, you know, co-hosting a show with you that Leia needed a potty break at one point during that episode as well. <laughs> That was the episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, you know, we tend to do shows when there's something big in the world that has happened and it's kind of like, you know, everybody's just a little bit on edge and stuff. So why not do something fun? And we had actually started planning this before, but then of course the world kind of went a little nutty this week with um, some strange decisions by the Supreme court. And uh, it's got, you know, protests going on across the country and stuff like that. So once again, hopefully for the, you know, 50 to a hundred people that listen to this show each week, when we actually do it, this can be a little bit of stress relief after, um, you know, just what has been kind of a crazy week, you know, across, across, our, 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 our dozens and dozens of listeners who realize now that America in America guns have more rights than women do uh, it's fucking sickening so uh, here we go let's let's be silly and talk about songs yes exactly so so I think at this point let's introduce our special guest and the reason that we're uh, doing this show also is because this is kind of a practice run for another podcast that's being worked on and introduce an old friend of ours, Laura books who lives about 45 minutes from me over in the Bloomington, Illinois area. And Laura, we went to high school with her and Laura is a licensed professional counselor and her and I are working on a mental health podcast, which also fits into many of the conversations you and I have had the um, you know, over the course of the two years that we've done this show, the main reason this show started was to give people some relief from COVID and the mental craziness that was going on. And, and to give us relief. Right. You exactly. Know, like, like, like to have a, a friendly voice. Exactly. You know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, too bad for you guys. I know nothing about music. Well, like, you did. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you that you're going to be surprised at our conversations that we're going to have about these songs. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know you, you found our, our show late, uh, uh, but, but, but I'm telling you, you're going to fit nicely into these conversations. I promise you. Oh, well, thank you, Dee. And this yeah. is a good practice run for Laura, who is not, you know, traditionally been a podcaster and stuff like that. And we thought, you know, this was actually your idea, Dee, to that it'd be kind of a fun thing to do to kind of let you kind of get used to using a microphone and all of that stuff. But uh, we are doing a mental health podcast. Let me get back to that here for just a second mm -hmm. called Lifting the Veil on Mental Health, because, you know, I think there's a lot of people and, and you are a professional counselor, so you can speak to this. There's a lot of people who still find it to be somewhat of a taboo topic. They don't necessarily want to want to talk about where their mental health is. And, you know, I'm, I'm stronger than that stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But really there is a, a gigantic need across not only the country, but across the world right now for people to be able to just have somebody to talk to and sort out issues that they're having in their lives. Yeah, I agree. It's something I was like, I've always been drawn to counseling and I wanted to do something meaningful with my work. So decided to become a counselor here a few years ago. But really all we are is professional listeners. And I think that highlights, not all we are, but a lot, 90% of what I do is listening. 
And I think that speaks to how much people are yearning to be deeply listened to and how healing well, that can be. Especially after the last couple of years. I, I, I mean, like, mm -hmm. like I've, I had my struggles leading up way before uh, the pandemic happened. But the fact that people were locked down in their homes mm -hmm. and, and stuck inside of their own heads for so long that Jesus Christ, like this shit needs mm -hmm. to be talked about. And, and, and it, it, if you two can do anything to help move that forward, I'm, I'm fully behind helping it. You know, like that, that, that it needs to be done. Well, and, and such a big part of it too, is, is there's a, there's a place here in, uh, in Peoria, a local health organization that is starting a, uh, starting a place that is for kids, essentially mental health facility for kids. It's called the young minds project. And oh. I, I met with them recently and was, was talking to them about, um, you know, the need and all of that stuff. They want to partner with the TV station and we're, we're sorting through that. And it looks like we're going to form a partnership to help them get it off the ground, which I'm, I'm really excited about helping, you know, but, but one of the stats that just stuck out to me was in, um, in sophomores in high school that were polled. So you've got to remember, this is people that actually answered the question honestly, which I think there's probably a lot that didn't 17% of sophomores in high school that were polled for the survey that they did said that they had seriously, not just kind of, you know, a, a little bit of an afterthought or something like that, but seriously just considered suicide in this world. So Laura, what would you say probably as the actual statistic when you're, when you're talking about 17% actually said yes to that? Well, when you think about, that's a question that even if you've thought about it, you're terrified to the voice, I would say it's much higher which makes it a very normal way to feel sometimes. And that's the point of having those feelings. A lot of time it's to tell us like all of our feelings, something important is going on here. And when the, think, the thought of dying is somehow making sense, that's telling us that something really is off with you right now. So, one question that I've got for you before we get into songs and, you know, we just have some fun on this uh, show this week while we're on a serious topic is what, what led you to want to be a licensed professional counselor? What, you know, you said it, it was kind of, you'd always had it in the back of your head. What, what made uh -huh. you take that leap to actually decide to, to do this a few years ago? Well, I had some, capacity in my life to really sit back and think about what did you really want to do and this is the only thing that came to mind you know I wanted to do something meaningful I felt like this is something I'm a little bit naturally good at doing which is just connecting with people people tend to to talk to me sometimes so I decided to build on that um and it's been really rewarding so far. Uh, you know, I'd never, one misconception about counselors is you're going to go to a counselor and they're going to somehow give you some advice, which counselors don't do. Um, we, what I do, and which I think is the magical part of therapy is I kind of join their world and experience it from their perspective. And then I work with them to help them figure out maybe something they already knew about themselves, but weren't connected to, or it was kind of hidden somehow. And then 
once we discovered that, we kind of worked that into how do you want to, what do you want to do with this? How do you want to embody your life this way? You know, what's more true to how you want to live? If that makes sense. It, it does. It makes 1000% <laughs> sense. Uh, I, I, we've talked about on this show, my, my struggles with yeah. it and, and, and uh, uh, the fact that just remembering who, remembering you and knowing you uh uh like it makes all the sense in the world to me that you would you would turn to to this sort of thing like uh yeah no it's remarkable remarkable to me oh my gosh that really okay. means a lot to hear you say that yeah honey. well okay it, it, yeah, yeah yeah okay Thank shut you. the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah that was that was that was incredible laura so so lifting the veil on mental health hopefully late july early august you know april i don't know wasn't that when it was supposed to start was like april something like that we've already done a couple of interviews with some some interesting people i don't know laura if you want to talk about your uh your counseling friend jimmy and what kind of a trip of an interview that was but uh but i'm excited to put that interview out there because this dude was was super super interesting and i think he's he's been has he been a counselor longer than you or about the same amount of time so we were classmates. That's how I got to know him. He's my bestie from school, but um, he'd been a, cause you can have different types of counseling licenses. And he was a substance abuse counselor, which is a different license than the LPC, which is what we call it in Illinois, but he's from South Carolina. That's not what they call it there. But um, to, um, I guess it's just a different level. So yes, he's been counseling a lot longer than me from that respect. But he's pretty amazing. Like I work, I would like to be a, as good of a counselor as, as Jimmy. Um, 100%. Well, he, he knows a lot of tricks. I mean, he talks about what, it, what is the thing that you call where you like dig down well, into don't somebody's spoil this shit. Well, <laughs> well, no, it's not spoil. It'll, it, it's fine. But he like digs into people's brains and like finds things that they don't even remember and stuff like that. It's just, it's just wild. So that'll be, that'll like be like Star of Wars the- shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he knows the force. Like... Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was just watching that last night. I've been so at the gym on the elliptical. I've been rewatching the uh, the Star Wars movies. So uh, that, it's in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did you watch Obi Wan Kenobi yet? Oh, of course I have. I, I Jesus. don't. I don't want to. Sp- are you done with it, Laura? I think episode we're on episode four. four. Holy crap. Oh, you still got two more. How are you going to spoil it though? I'm, you know what happens. You don't no, know what happens. You don't know what happens. It was, it was, wow. I, I, I watched it twice in a row because I was just like so blown away by the finale. Okay. Well, so, don't spoil it then. So anyway. I don't know. Well, we'll to, not well. just for me, but what about all your 50 listeners? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's don't insult us. It's 50 to a hundred listeners. Sometimes it gets closer. 100. Sometimes it gets closer to a hundred. Sometimes it's like 75. So, but now they're not going to think we exist anymore. So I'm going to go 25 on this one. That's, that's where I'm going to, that's the, well, that makes me feel a little more. It's just got to be more than one dozen. It has to be. So we can say we have dozens and dozens of listeners. That's, that's really the the whole goal. 25 is the goal. 
Yeah, 25. <laughs> it's a lofty goal. <laughs> by the way, by the way, speaking of listeners, so uh, you know, I put the I put the post up on the Sean and D's Good Tape Facebook page and I even put on my personal page that it was the last show and that we were kind of wrapping up because COVID was over even though it's not, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And uh and <laughs> Jason speaks from uh from our past sent me a note and said I got the Coco reference at the beginning and I about died. I had to send that to you immediately, D, because uh, it was just so funny, and I'm not going to get into the whole story of the Coco thing at the the beginning no, of, of the show, not, but but he but he remembered what it was and actually took the time to. He said he listened to every episode too, which I thought that was nice of him. But uh, but anyway, he enjoyed the Coco reference, so I thought that was great. It, 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 I worked with him a few times at my old job, uh-huh. uh, uh, and it was so nice seeing him every time. Like mm-hmm. like me and him got along really well, and uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, it was so cool to find out that he found the show and uh and, and got the reference because <laughs> that was so fucking it was so ludicrous jesus christ it was so ludicrous. that was our senior year of high school 1996 was that when he showed up right uh yeah i think so yeah yeah, right. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. what yeah, is that, that? Yeah. what is that sound is That's, that one of the dogs yeah <laughs> that was frightening <laughs> hey hey <laughs> time to go to, can, time to go make poops for one of the dogs there d no 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 <laughs> they're just <laughs> they're alpha and beta beta each other <laughs> okay okay yeah. all right so uh so anyway <laughs> i think it's time to get to the <laughs> this is such a bizarre sound um time to get to the playlist itself if everybody's ready anybody any other things anybody wants to share before we get going you need a pd no, i think we're good you good no okay. i'm good okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so kind of a surprise first song on the list is actually sammy hagar this week instead of uh instead of leading up to the end but it makes sense why it's not the end like uh like normal and the song is off the 1999 Red Voodoo album, and it's called Lay Your Hand on Me. And this is a song. The Red Voodoo album, better known as the fucking Moss Tequila album. Yes, yes. You didn't know there was a gem on there like this, did you? So this is a good, No, I didn't. This is a, this this is is a good song. song. And uh, this song, you, know, you didn't have a lot in the notes about it, but I actually know the history of this song. I know that's shocking. Um, but uh, but this, song was, uh, this song was actually written about Van Halen, as you might expect, because this was a couple of years after he uh, got, got booted from Van Halen. Oh. And it was basically, in some ways, about the manager of the band, Ray Daniels, because Ray Daniels came in, and he was the thing that kind of set Sammy versus Eddie and why Sammy ended up being out of the band. But the interesting thing about it, it's it's such an easy song in terms of the guitar chords, except for when it, it kind of ramps up a little bit. But the... Um, <laughs> But the uh, I'm sorry, Laura just took a bite out of her pickle. Uh, <laughs> but, but on the but on the other side of it, I don't know if you caught it. You know, we you and I talked on the phone the other day about this D about the guitar that's kind of underlaying the back end of the song. You know that that's eruption, right? That's that's no. that's Eddie. If you hear that riff, that's that's Eddie when he's kind of like playing really really fast. That's what that is. They're they're mimicking eruption because this song points back to come on Eddie, you know, come on Alex, just lay your hand on me. Let's work this out. You know, that's that's really so, completely where this comes from. So that makes all the sense in the world. I swear I never tried to hurt you. So come talk to me. Your mm-hmm. face is swollen with resentment. Lay your hand on me. Mm-hmm. Like like I listened to the song and just assumed it was about you know a shitty relationship or whatever and uh i i never thought in a million years the shitty relationship was sammy and eddie mm-hmm. 
but holy fuck that's amazing yeah but if you if let me see if i can find it in the in the song here let me pull up my apple playlist um if i can find the end and you'll you'll i think you'll be able to hear what i'm talking about uh let's see here hold on turn that down a little bit are we gonna actually be able to hear it i think so okay hear it underneath there he's just sitting there just playing on that guitar that's what that is it's they're they're sitting there just playing that one little line in eruption that's that's just part of it i i didn't i hadn't always caught that and i caught it the other day and i was like that's what it is because i knew the song was about van halen and about that whole that whole situation but uh but yeah it's uh it's a it's pretty powerful when you put it in terms of hey man we were good friends and i want it back you know and and stuff like that it's it's pretty interesting And, and 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 it's funny that that's what it's about considering a song that's coming down the line uh 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 you know, that's similar to this but i had no idea that's oh my gosh that's amazing that makes this song the song was great again another mm-hmm. one of the sammy songs you've turned me on to and it it, it just that fact just is amazing because this whole this whole podcast has really been about me trying to get you to like sammy agar that's the only reason oh, of course <laughs> yeah oh, goodness Nothing, Laura. What do you What do you have to say about this song? Well, my thoughts that I wrote down were: I thought it was listenable and not terrible. <laughs> what, what? Okay, so what's your opinion on Sammy Hagar? Uh, I I wouldn't call myself like a member of the fan group of Sammy Hagar, but I like I. This wasn't terrible. The uh, the mantra song we had, uh, uh, the Rolling Stone cover, Sean. What the fuck was the name of the connection? Song? Connection. connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Jen from France also was blown away by that song. Uh, I got to see her and David a few weeks ago, and blown away by that song. And and just like like I didn't realize that Sammy Hagar had this depth to him, <laughs> you know. And and this song, this song too. Now that I know what it's actually about, yeah. and it's not just a uh, uh, you know, trying to sell his fucking tequila <laughs> like this. <laughs> it, that's incredible. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. You have to realize Laura's opinion of this until, um, until we were doing the playlist, she did not realize that Eddie Van Halen and Sammy Hagar were separate people and thought that they yes. were the same person. So, um, so yes, not to discredit <laughs> what you're saying or anything like that, but, but no. Uh, yes. And, and if I'd paid attention to any of the times you have talked about this in the, previous podcast but it's like you start talking about it and i just like think about something else like i'm not on purpose it's like i just don't have the ability to like learn about sammy hagar van halen i don't know i don't know it's weird it's like when you talk about sports i don't fast forward when you talk about van halen or sammy hagar like i do when you talk about sports on the podcast like the little 20 I told minutes. you guys, I told you guys, nobody gives a shit about us talking about sports on here. I told <laughs> you guys that. <laughs> Shout this speech. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I feel like it's two against one here. <laughs> I just, I, listen, the, the, this podcast always had uh, like, a, a, you, you know, talk about our lives 
and these songs and what they meant to our lives but nobody gives a shit about our opinions and everything else <laughs> it's that that's all that matters anyhow the fact that this song is actually about the van halen breakup mm-hmm. is amazing to me and makes this song like i love this song loved it even though it's on the same record with mastahila <laughs> uh it, it it i i fucking loved it that the, the it's so dark a shadow of a shadow mm-hmm. that's a great fucking line uh, they're behind the blue eyes. Did Eddie Van Halen have blue eyes? That I don't know. I've, I okay. have never gazed into that his eyes That could have just before. been a Who reference and, <laughs> and, and a throw-off or whatever. Uh, but uh, but no, now that I know that th- that's what it's about, it's uh, even more impressive to me. Uh, the next song, Laura, is yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we moving on? Am I supposed to like introduce it? You have to talk about the song and why you like it before we give our reactions to it. Yeah. You, 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 you pick, you pick the song. So you say why you pick the song and what the song means to you. Yes. And then Sean and I react. The floor is yours. So I picked um, the next song, um, which is I will wait by Mumford and Sons. And I picked it just because I really like it. And I don't think you guys have put a Mumford and Sons song on. No, we hadn't. So, but this is a song that sticks in my head. And then I want to play, like, uh, when someone's like, put on, like, we're sitting on the back deck. We have an above ground Walmart pool that we turn into like a country club atmosphere in the summertime. And so for our swimming in the Walmart pool, sitting on the back deck, and someone's like, turn on some music. I'm like, I don't know. I just turn on Mumford and Sons because it feels like it pairs well with that. So, and I got to love a good banjo in a song. I don't oh, know. A banjo from a British band, too. Like, I you didn't don't know they were that. British until reading your show notes, um, which just makes it better for me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, like a banjo from a British band, like like they obviously paid attention to the shit show that is America and, and, and took something from it. Yeah. So I also probably kind of like it because a lot of their songs say, uh, sound the same. They do. Uh, so it's like, you just keep going with the same good sound. <laughs> so, I mentioned so earlier, I, would... I don't know much about music. <laughs> One of the things that, that I, I, I liked about this song uh, uh, when it was re- released was my mom asked me about this band and did I know of them? Like, like she heard this song and, and, and fell in love with it. And, you know, m- my mom was one of my bigger influences on my music taste, uh, you know, with the Beatles and everything. And, uh, and, and the fact that this was something, you know, uh, modern that she took to and she was asking me about this band and bought the cd and all that shit like i was just like i was so yeah i when you put this on the playlist that the first thing i thought of was oh my gosh my mom really liked this song and it was yeah it was touching nice the biggest notes that i had taking away from it is that the song is the banjo and the song is awesome you know and it and it just plays so fast under underneath the whole thing but but i i was 
kind of wondering why we'd never had Mumford and Sons on the playlist before. It's kind of uh, kind of strange that that band got ignored. I mean, we're not like gigantic fans of it, but Richie is, and I'm surprised he never uh, never picked them because he he's a big Mumford and Sons fan. So it just kind of surprised me that we'd never had any other songs on the entire time. But Marcus Mumford was talking about how like they couldn't fucking do it in the studio because they were just going so heavy on it and uh the fact that they you know like we're just like fuck can we do this can we do it and and they did they fucking nailed it and 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 it's a great it's a great fucking song so i'll be bold as well as strong and use my head alongside my heart so take my flesh and fix my eyes a tethered mind freed from the lies that's that's perfect for you know a counselor you know, that's a, a great quote for, you know, somebody in your line of work to tell somebody. So now for both these songs, Dennis, the Lay Your Hand on Me and this one, every lyric you've quoted are 100% exactly the lyrics that I had written down as my favorite ones. Tether mine, free from the lies, right? Because you're, <laughs> this is what you do, right? We're not our minds. We're not our thoughts where it's real, how do we connect with reality? Yeah, no, it, it, it was absolutely perfect. It, it, it made, th that's what spoke out to me. Yeah, focus okay. on what's important. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> oh do we, let's, take a, let's take a quick break. How about that? Does that work? Okay. All right, let's take a quick yeah, break. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. be back in just a second. All right. Welcome back to Sean and D's Good Tape. A little uh, quick break there. We, well, it wasn't really a quick break by any means, but uh, but anyway, we are uh, back. After, two songs uh, in, I think. I think that might be a new record. It might be. It might be. But, Thanks, uh, Leah. Yeah, but two songs, <laughs> two songs in, and then the dogs needed some attention, so uh, the dogs were barking, if you will. So, uh, Dennis, you've got the you've got the next song. It's your first song on the playlist. Uh, yeah. So it's Spaceman by Tim Wildsmith, and in indie singer songwriter guy from nashville who's actually a pastor and the fun story about the song is is uh one of my favorite podcasts is tony kornheiser show he's one half of him and mike wilbon on pardon the interruption he had a radio show all those years ago sean do you remember yeah. listening to it oh i love it in the yeah. band great. great oh yeah yeah so now he's just doing this podcast and when he was doing the radio show he used to just play beatles songs or or Beach Boys songs or Rolling Stone songs, you know, as the bed leading up to his guest. And once they realized how expensive that was, he just asked people like independent artists to submit songs. And, and this, this was one that came on a couple of weeks ago and I was just fucking blown away by it. It's, it's an ode to his wife. Uh, uh, it's, it's so just beautiful. Like I fucking cried listening to it on my way to the gym you know, when, when I finally just listened to the whole song, it was just amazing. 
I, I was surprised at this song. I, I'm not um, not to um, not to make fun of you by any means, but uh, this is not a um, all these songs are slow and sad. This is not a sad song. I was uh, I was really really taken aback by the fact that uh, that you liked this song because of how um, like upbeat and the other side of the coin from most of the songs that you like. So you know, just kind of it just kind of took me off guard a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you like this song, Dennis. It is very nice. It's it's beautiful. And, and, and it's so touching and so like just like like a true love song like oh my gosh it, it's it, yeah it, it blew me away and 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 the fact that i heard it on a, on a mostly sports podcast like just cracks me the fuck up <laughs> that and is tony kornheiser is 70 75 78 years old i don't know how fucking old he is but but just just blew my mind so going back for a second did the did the guy who wrote the song write the song for his wife or did tony play this song for his wife i just want to clarify no no the the guy wrote the song for his wife okay and submitted it to the tony kornheiser show because he's got i i i'm gonna say hundreds of thousands of listeners and and one like they do two independent songs every every show as their beds leading into the guests mm-hmm. you know so it's you know it's a good platform for people and 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 it's yeah it's just so fucking cool it's called tim wildsmith is the, the artist again pastor from nashville it's on it's not on oh no it's on amazon music it's on spotify it's on apple it's on on, on uh amazon amazing song amazing song it, it the the you know the the choruses or the verses start if i was a spaceman you'd be my moon next one if i were a jester you'd be my queen if i was a sailor you'd be my north star now here's the truth i'm none of these things no rocket can't juggle and i don't like to see but that was never the point of the song that i sing it's whatever i am you are all that i need and that that fucking line right there was just like fuck <laughs> it's so good if yeah. you've ever been in love in your life, you know how that fucking feels. So has anything changed for you to make you like a song like this so much? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so the next song, Sean, is yours, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, we'll, we'll pass over that comment. Um, <laughs> the next song is on, on uh, the list is a Matchbox 20 song that I picked from their last album that they put out, which was in 2012 and it was called North. Um, and this song is Parade. And what I really like about this song so much is, A, it's just a really good song all the way around. It's very vintage Max Bo- Matchbox 20 with the way that it sounds. Um, that whole album doesn't necessarily sound vintage Matchbox 20. It's not a bad album, but a lot of it sounds like Rob Thomas solo. And I think at least Dennis and I can both agree, Rob Thomas solo and Matchbox 20 sound very different you know, I don't, I don't really like most of his solo stuff on his, on his own without the rest of the band. So, um, but this one, this one's good. And, and what this song's basically about is on the surface about a parade that is being watched and the parade goes by and he's sad that the parade's over. But really, I think that the deeper meaning of this song is more along the lines of how fleeting life is and how moments in life pass you by so quickly. And then you're sad when they're gone. And this can be 
to so many different things. I mean, it can be, you know, I think you put in the notes from when you're in high school or from when you're in college, or then, you know, all of a sudden you're at a job that you, that you enjoy this group of people that you're with. And then that's gone. It just, it can sit and make you reflect on the fact that you never know when life's going to change and something's going to end. And then you have to reflect on the fact that it's over once it, once it is. Well, I mean, this podcast is a perfect example of, of that like like the the two of us didn't talk that much like maybe every few months you know we would have a phone call or or, or, you know facetime or whatever the fuck it was and then this this podcast enabled us to have a conversation every week every other week whenever it was Mm -hmm. and and it was so it was so amazing uplifting and and like you know like as soon as we did it we fell right back into you know sean and d like nothing ever changed Mm -hmm. And, uh, and all it took was, you know, a goddamn pandemic <laughs> you know, to do it. And, and I think, I think Laura, uh, you know, like, like when you found us, you know, it helped you in a relationship that, that you had. And, 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 and that, and that's the thing, it, like, like this song is so up and down, like, it, like the, the comments that I sent you guys. Like one of them is just like, oh fuck, we're missing out on some things, mm-hmm. and then the other one is like, oh fuck, I'm missing out on everything, and I'm in a dark place. But mm-hmm. Laura, go ahead. Uh, well, what what I wrote down struck me about this is that you don't realize how much something's meaningful in the moment until after it's over and you're looking back. To, the slow parade is like yeah, yeah which i heard you when i found the podcast after you'd been recording for a long time but i went back and listened to all the old ones and i just sat and i remembered all of those fun times all of that i don't know goofing off driving around that we did and it was really fun it was just like um like a little treasure in the middle of the pandemic <laughs> to find the podcast and let's listen to you guys i hadn't heard your voices this is the first time i've seen you dennis in 20 years 20 i know i know yeah it's been forever and it's it's amazing i mean we've emailed back and forth but yeah no yeah. this is so much yeah. fun like, and just to hear like, your voices was like a time machine yeah. you sounded the same well and to that point the line in the in the song and you know you you don't know when something's over until it until it is and you, sometimes when things are over you know necessarily like d i'll i'll go with the fact that you and i stopped talking quite as much for for quite a long time you know especially from 2016 until 2020 it was you're right it was only at once every 4 to 6 months you know and it was kind of strange but the people fade away and all the stars are just a flicker and you're left there all alone i mean that's a pretty that's a pretty telling thing to where you don't realize it and then all of a sudden one day it just dawns on you that all these people that were so important are just gone you know mm-hmm. and and uh mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just uh I, th- I think the song there's so many different ways you can take the song but yeah. uh but it just shows how fleeting life truly is and you got to stop and breathe and say be in the moment when you're in the moment or it passes you by 100 percent. And, and 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 the thing is you know like uh, uh, me and your relationship sean like it, it doesn't matter how long it's been the moment we're on a zoom call or on a phone call or in front of each other everything goes back to normal it's like we nothing ever happened and and you know it's just catching up you know that sort of thing 
and 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 you know there's so few people that i have that with uh you know and and, and like when you came and saw me in in clark's or not clarksville uh knoxville yeah you know uh you know it was just like like you walked in the door and we me and you aren't normally hugs sort of people but i like i saw you and i was just like come here we have to do this <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like and and i think i put on instagram i was like the first when the person that knows you the most all of a sudden is right in front of you again like we and and we had such a great time and it was unbelievable <laughs> i think i'd been there for like an hour and we, i'd already drank like six beers which for me was like a continuous way too big amount of beer and then we went to texas roadhouse and drank more yeah. it was fun <laughs> and then i got yeah. up at five o'clock yeah. the next morning and left <laughs> yeah. it was a quick trip yeah that was that was a great that was a great uh like 12 hours or so so yeah but it does it you was know, and, it, it was so it was it, it, it was like soul soothing mm -hmm. like meeting that and 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 i can't believe that's where the song uh uh took us uh because there's some dark meaning in this song mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. like it could be but but at the same time i it, it makes all the sense in the world are we good move on to the next one all right next song cheers d uh so red hot chili peppers finally put out an album this year unlimited love and this is the song that that i fell in love with instantly uh, the heavy wing and it's for for me what it represents is John Frusciante left the band twice he left after Blood Sugar Sex Magic and and then Dave Navarro did uh, 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 fuck I can't think of the name I can did the next album and then he came back for Californication by the way Stadium Arcadium left Josh Klinghoffer, who was one of John Fruchanti's friends, came in to do "By the Way" and get the getaway, and uh, and then they fired him to bring back John Fruchanti. And this is almost like John Fruchanti's apology to the Chili Peppers for leaving them every time. Like he knew this is where he was supposed to be. I didn't know until I until I read through the notes that the uh, the chorus of the song is actually John singing and not not Anthony Kiedis singing, which totally changed my whole perception of this song. I thought I I thought this song is very like non melodic. It's just kind of all over the place, you know, in terms of there's no flow to it. But then once I found that out, I was like it all of a sudden started flowing better when I would listen to it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I liked it better after finding out what the meaning of the song was. Cause honestly on my own, I don't think I would have ever gotten the meaning of this song without the, without the notes. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily compute anything until you realize, okay, this is what it's about. So, so, and, and, and I don't know if we ever did the song on uh, uh, wet sand, uh, off of stadium Arcadium. I, don't think I think so. I, I think I maybe had it on the one that I was, I had banked, for if I couldn't do a show with you and Richie, uh, uh, but like like it was just one of those songs that's just fucking amazing, mm -hmm. and and the guitar solo like in this song, but uh, but it, it like with this song here, it's almost like Anthony Kiedis is just writing his things along with the mm -hmm. Flea's bass line, and then they're like, all right, fuck it, let's go to John Frusciante <laughs> and have write a song, and it. All, all, oh, I know it's all, I know it's only gold and I slow come for everything. 
the heavy wing. I know it's only gold, and I bleed into your pleasantries. And that line right there, I bleed into your pleasantries. Like, but just talking about how I left the band, left you guys, and 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 now I'm back, and we're all talking about how it's good, and and I wish, and the I know it that it's only gold part is that he knew he was a part of this band. He mm-hmm. should have been in this band the whole time. Mm-hmm. The bleed into the pleasantries, the whole, uh, 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 you know, like, hey, it's so good to be back. God damn it. I can't believe we, you know, we left all of this shit behind. Like, I think the other part of it too, though, is, is, is it somewhat painful for him to be in the band at the same time? It's a little bit of a double-edged sword mm-hmm. for him in, in parts of it to where he he really, it's where he knows he needs to be, but it's also not always the most comfortable place for him to be. And that's why he at times runs away. The memory, the chemistry, mm-hmm. that that line right there. Mm-hmm. Laura, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I have nothing helpful to add to this conversation. <laughs> He's a great guest, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> You're so lucky. You're so lucky. (laughs) I like this song. This is my favorite. I would have to say 100%. This is my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers song ever. And it sounds nothing like any of the other Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't think I'm a fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers. And and, and as a woman, you probably shouldn't be because they're incredibly misogynistic. (laughs) And and, 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 like it like i remember when this album came out the articles that were written about the band were like holy shit like i can't believe this is a man that still exists and still draws fans but they're really good at music and and, but blood sugar sex magic uh one hot minute that was the album i couldn't think of with dave navarro but uh you know they have like maybe a handful of songs that are appropriate you know, for for rock and roll music, and the rest of them are like talking about, you know, fucking a cop on the side of the road or some shit like that. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I, I ser- seriously, when I listen, when I when this album came out, I read uh, several articles. Uh, Steve Hyden, one, he's an amazing uh, rock critic, uh, uh, and he wrote this article about uh, the Chili Peppers history and and it's just like i can't believe we still respect these guys and and they're putting out this music and we put them in the fucking rock and roll hall of fame but like give it away is one of their most famous songs what i got you got to put it into your mama what i got you got to put it in your daughter like jesus fucking christ that's horrible but at the same time the music is so good and funky that people just fucking forgave it I will say this. They, they Anthony Kiedis is not the best singer in the world, but somehow makes it work. He doesn't really mm-hmm. have much rhythm to anything, um, but it somehow works for that band. And I think that's where sometimes they, they hit you and they sound good. And sometimes you listen to it and you're like, eh. you know, that's, that's where I believe that that comes from. Cause the, I mean, musically, well, musically they're very talented. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. John Frusciante, Chad Smith and Flea. Are, are 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 the best in the top 10 of what they fucking do mm-hmm. and 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 flea is all over the guy and he was in obi-wan kenobi did you notice that yes yeah. uh uh he but he's an incredible bass bass player 
and uh, 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 Chad Smith fucking, you know, and John Frusciante, and the three of them are so good together that Anthony Kiedis's nonsense makes sense when it's over top of that. It may not always be good, and he's gotten better, but it's it's just, yeah. yeah they're a weird... They're a weird band to be respected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is a great song. Mm-hmm. Agree. All right. Next song is yours, Laura. <clears throat> this is the Indigo Girls, Closer to Fine. And this is probably one of my favorite songs ever. Um, it doesn't matter. I think it fits anytime your life is hard. It fits anytime your life is happy. Um, the whole title closer to fine, I love because it focuses on the, the, um, journey, not a destination and you're never really fine. You're just closer to it, which is like a hopeful message, right? You don't have to ever be fine. There's a, one of the lines in here I use, well, I've used more than once actually when I'm counseling and that's, uh, darkness is a hunger that's insatiable. Lightness has a call that's hard to hear. Oh. I don't know. Sometimes that gets people because when you're stuck in some like a negative thought pattern or kind of in a dark place, you do, you just focus on that darkness that seems all consuming, but there's lightness. Is there what's, what's reaction usually to that when you've used it? Um, I've never heard of that band. <laughs> <laughs> Is that old people music? So you deal with, with a lot of kids in their 20s. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's ever heard it, but I just feel like, is this a really, did you guys knew this song before? I knew this before? song. I didn't. John didn't. I, yeah, I, I knew the song. Jen from France, uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet, the Dire Straits cover, uh, uh, indigo girls did that i put on a podcast or did i put the actual i think you put the dire I think straits, I might put I dire straits. Dire straits. Yeah, yeah yeah i remember the but, song but... but yeah but my sister my sister knew indigo girl indigo girls and and i was i i knew this song uh it, it pointing there's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line and the less i seek my source for some definitive the closer I am to find like that, that's a fucking brilliant line. Stop looking for an answer. And it's like, it's a, it's a mindfulness to be in the moment, live today. Answers right in front the, of you. I stopped by the bar at 3am to seek solace in a bottle or possibly a friend. And I woke up with a headache, like my head against the board, twice as cloudy as I had been the night before. And I went in seeking clarity. I went to the doctor. I went to the mountains. I looked at the children. I drank from the phone. It's like, fuck. That's so, it's so good. I mean, it's it such does, a fucking brilliantly written song. It basically boils down to the whole thing of, of when you when you stop trying to find answers, the answers will potentially come to you with it when you stop trying so damn hard. That's really what the song is overall. But um but yeah, it's 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 very well written and it's very melodic. That's the thing I like about it the most is how how melodically well the song kind of flows together. The acoustic part of it too, mm-hmm. like it's just two acoustic guitars, two women singing, 
you know, harmonizing. Like it's, it's fucking, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, the first hit song on their major label album, like, you know, they've been tolling around and uh, yeah, no, no, they're, they're incredible artists. And, uh, and I'm so glad we got to talk about this song with somebody who actually, you know, has a history with it. It went better this time than the last time that nobody will ever hear. It was on the, uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the air or if it was before, but it was on the episode uh, that we couldn't publish because it was such a uh, shit show, if you will, of an episode. So uh, it's uh, it's better that it, it was translated this way. Um, D, we are, we are six songs in. Is it, uh, is it break time or are you good to keep going since we breaked after song number two? Uh, let's go ahead and do the next one. Okay, go ahead. Cheers. Uh, it's, it, it's mine. And, and uh, uh, Laura, did you get to hear the yeah. version of it? Okay. Yes. It's, uh, it's Imagine. I listened to it on Apple. I downloaded Apple and I listened to it that way. Good, good. It's, it's a, it, Eddie Vedder's cover of Imagine. And uh, uh, so this is the Pearl Jam reference on this show. And, and I also had to bring a Beatles thing to it, you know, for mom and, and, and for, you know the show and and i put it on the playlist prior to what the world was going through now and and it's uh i i could not be happier with it it's just it's just one of the most pleasing songs of all time like isn't it amazing that a song written so long ago can stand the test of time to where mm-hmm. we still need a song like this in our society to get people to calm down and do the right thing. This song still just, it, it carries so much weight every time you hear it. In some ways it carries more weight now than it ever has with all of the stuff we've got going on in the world. It just, it, it just amazes me. It's almost, it, it, yeah. I, John Lennon was a very forward thinker and there was plenty of stuff going on fit this song at the time that he wrote it as well, but it, he wrote it to stand the test of time. In, in, in our email conversations, you know, like John Lennon's not the greatest guy in the world. Uh, uh, you know, like I, I sent that Chris Cornell clip from Howard Stern at father figure. And, you know, John Lennon has history of, you know, not the greatest boyfriend in the world. Uh, but what he did grasp was what the world needed. And, 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 you know, like let's stop taking shit so fucking seriously, you know, you know, turn off your fucking TV and just look at your fellow man and, and be who you're supposed to be. Imagine that your opinion is not the same as this guy's opinion, but look at him as a, a fucking person. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing by him. That in itself is probably one of the biggest takeaways right there of how it translates to today because yeah. people people don't have tolerance for each other anymore and they should yes. because you know the best thing to do find out what you do agree on and talk about that you don't need to talk about all the stuff that separates you you know talk about the things that bring you together so mm-hmm. yeah yep so so uh I'm, I'm here in germany and 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 we have a restaurant we go to as regulars and uh, i meet a lot of people uh and 
and somebody called me a libtard. Mm. And I said, and I said, okay, let me, let me get this straight. Your, your opinion is different than mine, but ultimately all we want are for people to be happy. Like, like I, 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 I'm not judging you by your views and, and for you to say that the fact that I think that kids from another country should be able to come here and have health care, or, or that I think that guns are dangerous in certain people's hands, you know, like, like this entire conversation is ridiculous. And it's all, all of it, like we talked about, all of it is based on Facebook or, or, or your, your news media, you know, choice, you know, like, like I, I, I can, we can be friends, but it's not, it's not as simple as I'm a libtard and you're a conservative sort of thing. Like, like you have to, you, if we're sitting here face to face from each other, having a drink, eating dinner, tell me, you know, what your problem is and, and we can talk about it or let's not talk about it at all because that that's the thing that I don't understand about that is okay. I don't know how old this person was, but we're in our mid forties. I don't really go to calling people names all that much. So, you know, it just seems kind of, kind of, um, a little bit bizarre for somebody to think that that's acceptable in a conversation to, to go that route just because you disagree on something. I mean, shit, do you and I disagree on stuff all the time? I don't ever say you're a piece of shit because of that or wherever, wherever the case may go. I, I just, I don't understand that and don't understand why anyone would think that that's even remotely acceptable or it's going to change your mind or get their point across. No, it doesn't. And, 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 that, and that's, that's the biggest thing is like, how is that going to change my mind? Like you're being aggressive towards me in my beliefs. Laura, were you going to say something? No, I didn't mean to cut you off. But oh no, it's the the opposite. It's 100 the opposite of actually getting along and seeing each other's perspective. No matter what, when you're arguing with someone, there is something about that other person's perspective that the other person has to accept if they're ever going to um, come to terms with whatever's going on. And if you don't, <laughs> and if you don't um, do that, then you stay the, these two islands, right? Where you're just very isolated and you only think about the things that you think about. And then it becomes all about that. But as soon as someone can say, listen, I hear and understand you in this maybe tiny little bit of way, then that kind of bridges that gap. And it's much harder to be so angry at someone. And, and that's the thing is, is like, like, why do we have these two separate discerning voices all of a sudden? Like what happened to this world? Like we just, all of a sudden, there are two sets of rules mm -hmm. and nobody wants to step across the line and, and, and agree with somebody else on something as simple as fucking human life. Mm -hmm. I think the problem is, is how much longer is this sustainable? 
mm-hmm. honestly, where we can live in a society like this, this divisive. You know, it's one thing. I think we all remember, oh, well, I'm voting for George W. Bush. Well, I'm voting for Al Gore or John Kerry or whatever. And that's that's okay. You know, people could accept that and understand that you like these values and I like these values. But yeah. but it started, it really started with, with Barack Obama and then got a million times worse with Donald Trump. Everything became so divisive and everything mm-hmm. became so, I'm digging my heels in. And if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. And why? Mm-hmm. We didn't used to be like that. Why can't yeah. we just go back to having some decorum? And we'd be fine. We can disagree. We just don't need to talk about it. Or if we're going to talk about it, we have a polite conversation about this is why I believe what I believe. This is why you believe what you believe. And then we move on. Part of the problem, I'm answering my own question. um, Part of the problem is, is there are certain things that we don't deal in facts anymore. We deal in opinion that we call facts. Alternate facts, I believe, was something that was talked about the other day. You know, I mean, it's it's one of those things to where people believe that they can just say, well, this is the way things are, even though when that is actually not reality in any which way. And until we get away from that, we're a broken society. Mm-hmm. No, we 1000% are a broken society. I, 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 I mean, this is our country is one of the like like i remember a comedian mark Marin, a few years ago had a comedy special and he said uh he said i can't believe these nazis we got going on right now it's 2019 i can't believe i'm saying this fucking these fucking words like seriously like like remember people said well there's no more racism because barack obama got fucking elected president and and all of all it's done is gotten worse and worse and worse and enabled by people in power and it's fucking sickening and maddening and i can't believe i'm saying this on a podcast that that you know our our tiny town of franklin is going to listen to and disagree with me but but it's true like 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 people thought racism was over because Barack Obama got elected president. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's goddamn people in fucking uh, khakis and, and polos and tiki torches and white supremacy. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, people? It's wild. It's a it's it's a weird times that we live in, no doubt about it. So. So, yeah. But this song. Going back to imagine what we were what we were originally talking about, if, if people would get up every morning and maybe listen to this song and just mm-hmm. take a breath, it could really it could really maybe make a make a better day for a lot of people. You say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. Uh, and that also reminds me of the there was that movie uh, with Paul Rudd and Steve Carell. I can't remember what the fucking name it was, but in, in the trailer. You can say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. <laughs> but he said, <laughs> "The problem was that is dinner right. with schm- the dinner with the schmucks." Was that dinner? dinner with schmucks? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was dinner with Where schmucks. He made the little mouse dioramas. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. And Paul Rudd was like, "No, it's I'm not the only one. Not that I'm not a dreamer." <laughs> Thank you, Laura, for saving that. Sean, that's what a good co-host does. Saves somebody. So the uh, the next song, Sean, 
The next song, the next song is mine, and it's a collective soul song from um, their 2000 album Blender. And uh, this is not a as well known of a collective soul song as like their first albums that would have come out when we were in like high school, you know. But uh, this right. song, this song is called Why Part Two, and it's from. Uh, I remember this song a lot when I was at Western and the guitar in it and the, just the overall arching of the song. It's a, it's a really good song. If you haven't checked out, I thought about the song heavy from their earlier album, but we haven't had collect. Have we had collective soul on the show at all? We have, have yeah, we, we had run and, and, uh, uh Oh, run was on a really early episode, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So we, we haven't had them a lot, but this is a band that if you see them in concert are absolutely outstanding. As a matter of fact, I've, I've seen them open for Sammy Hagar twice. And one of the times walked away and said, collective soul was the, uh, the better of the two bands that played that night, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I saw them live at the state fair. Maybe. Uh, that's but, where but, I saw uh, them too, but, but it was a different time. Yeah. Uh, in the air, I'm tasting your perfection. Forgive me, dear, for my distraction. As I crawl beneath this torture you adore, I fall face to face with the scars you've ignored. Like, you know, but like this, there's the obviously meanings behind the song, but it's, uh, uh, but so good. And it's just, this is such an underrated band. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they don't get their props. And, and this is a great song to add to the, the playlist and fitting in where it does. What what makes me mad about Collective Soul is, is they put out new records in recent years. And I always say, you know what, I'm going to listen to their new stuff and see if I like it. But I don't ever I don't ever do it. It's hard to I don't know why that is. It's hard to listen to new stuff from bands that you just don't listen to all that often because you just want to hear their greatest hits. And, and that's it. It's kind of strange. Well, it's kind of the Rolling Stones conundrum. Like they keep putting out fucking records and mm-hmm. or or Leonard Skinner or goddamn Cracker, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Like remember we saw Cracker <laughs> in Springfield. Yes, we did. Yeah, and and they opened with Euro Trash Girl. That's they like open Leonard Skinner op- with with Freebird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were, we were we were proof positive, and they opened for the Counting Crows, by the way, in Springfield in the year two thousand. And, uh, and it was, uh, the year of 2000. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was one of those things to where you and I were so excited. Cause we're like, they're going to close with Euro trash girl. We know it. It's going to be like their encore as the, as the opening act. And then it was the very first song that they sang. And I mean, it was still fun to hear low and some of the other songs that they sang, but it's like, they just completely put it all out there right away. And then it was like, okay, we well, can be done now so we can get to the headliner. It was, it was kind of disappointing. But Euro trash girl was it was a single uh, quote unquote, but it wasn't like a radio hit. Right. But it was one. Wasn't it even yeah. a hidden track? It was a hidden track on that album. Yeah. 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 It was track 69, I think, <laughs> or 69 or 88. <laughs> oh, and, and that, that's the fun thing too. Laura, do you remember when CDs used to, no, she doesn't. <laughs> I remember CDs. Like two of, well, of course you remember CDs, but <laughs> but like that's like why I thought it was nails, an odd question, D. Like, but I meant like you know like Tool and Nine Inch Nails and and Cracker and and other things. You should just do like weird things in between tracks. You like Euro Trash Girl was on, uh, oh, Kerosene Hat. That was the name of the album, and uh, uh, but it, it was not one of the normal tracked 
normal tracks. It yeah. was a hidden track. It was 69 or 88. To, did you have to skip all yeah. the tracks? Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. And Tool had that in awesome. Opiate. Yeah. <laughs> she was thrilled to be but having no, that no, this is such a great song. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay the one thing the one thing you can say the one thing you can say that she hasn't changed with is you pretty much know what's going on with what she's thinking (laughs) what stuff awesome (laughs) oh crap well the next song laura is yours i i'm surprised you hadn't covered this one before which is of course the rainbow or rainbow connection uh sung by kermit the frog I, I will say though, I did fig- I did remember this is not Kermit's first appearance on Sean and Dee's Good Tape. There was an episode where we started oh, talking about right. the Muppet we- Christmas or something like that, and I played the Muppet a little Christmas. Bit. Christmas. I played a little bit yeah. of some Christmas song that the Muppets were doing. Um, so this is actually not his debut, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> Richie and Richie and I agreed that the Muppets John Denver Christmas album was the only one that that needs to exist. Every every other Christmas song album. Okay. Okay. Anyhow, Rainbow Connection. Why did you pick this song, Laura? Well, do you remember the Muppet movie? Of course. Where it pans in, he's sitting there and with his banjo, um, singing about rainbows. It was just a, just a great song. Came out in 1979 and actually um, was charting, I guess, for. Uh, for a Muppet frog, I think that's pretty impressive. <laughs> we would have been, so we would have been like one year. Well, I would have been one. I think you guys must have been two. You guys are considerably older than me. No, we are not. <laughs> we are a few months older than you. <laughs> so that was pretty neat. I can remember it from my childhood. This, uh, remember when Kermit was riding the bike? And I just thought that was amazing because... You know, you saw his legs. He was a puppet. He was a goddamn puppet. A Muppet, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I I think it's the my, same thing. Muppet, puppet. I grew up my entire life adoring the Muppets. Yeah. And and when the Jason Seagal movie came out, you know, what were that, 10, 15 years ago? Like, I was just, like, so happy that mm-hmm. there was a renaissance. And then, and then, of course, Disney bought the rights to the Muppets and re-released the Muppet movie on fucking Blu-ray and it was just like amazing like I hadn't seen it in so long like no my god no yeah absolutely yeah the Muppet show the Muppets well you know the song you know the song was big because um yesterday afternoon Laura sent us a series of videos with different versions of the song and then one of them it was so big that the entire muppet family including the cast of sesame street were singing along to this song and so big in fact that bert and ernie had their own like luxury suite while they were watching this song be performed as they sing along (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's big time when things like that happen. well when debbie harry is singing the song willie nelson is -hmm. singing the song and bringing bringing hippies and 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 uh uh uh, uh, southerners to you know like they're, they're <laughs> I, w- I wasn't sure how to <laughs> but when Willie Nelson is singing the song and, and, and everybody's coming across and just watching him and playing along 
Like it's fucking yeah, yeah. This song is amazing, and the me first and the gimme gimme. That was a good one. That was uh, a good one. Yeah, that that's it's a fucking outstanding. Like this is just a beautiful song. Well, I feel like it's deep too for a muppet. You know, for for a frog. For you know, he really gets at some deep <laughs> issues. I will. I will say though, with all of the different, um, all of the different versions that you sent yesterday, when it's not Jim Henson as his voice, it just doesn't seem right. No, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's because we were children when we first heard Kermit's voice, and that's the one that's right. But as you go, well, as I was listening to them over and over, and the different people who voiced Kermit, mm-hmm. I could. It was really different. I didn't realize how different the voice sounded. So. I, I, did you guys like, like I, I just, I liked having the Muppets in my life. Like mm. when it wasn't even, you know, Jim Henson's voice, I was fine. Mm. And, and, and you guys are saying you weren't. Well, no, it's just not as It's just different. Good. Yeah. I guess. But see, I was more of a, you know, as a, as a little kid, not the Muppets as much as Sesame street, which Kermit was also on Sesame street. I don't know if you remember that. But he was a reporter on Sesame Street and went around and like did did like newspaper reporting and stuff. I think he might have been my inspiration and I didn't know it. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but um so okay, so here's a fun little side story. Uh uh, what do we call these? Sidebars. Sidebars. Okay. Wow. Uh, wow. It's been a minute. Uh I was at Sean's house. I, I think the kids and Amanda were gone. Oh, and I know uh, what you're talking about. No, the kids weren't gone. I know what you're talking about. Elliot was there. That's why we were watching the, what no, you're gonna talk about. Am, am I not thinking of no, the right story? No, the Bert and Ernie thing where it was uh which is Jim Henson. Yeah. Uh uh yeah it it, it was just like he had Sean had introduced Elliot to Sesame Street and there was this Bert and Ernie skit where it's like Oh, I'm so thirsty, Bert. I'm so thirsty, Bert. Oh, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> like, like I think about that in my head every once in a while. And, and Bert was like, "Fine, I'll get you a glass of water." <laughs> like, like the the two of us, forty years old, were like laughing our ass off. I, I would like to clarify prompt. something, though. I would like to clarify something, though. We were watching it with Elliot. We weren't just watching it. Elliot was there. <laughs> That's why we were watching it. I don't think so. Yes, he was. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's true. <laughs> yes, he was. So, so you you went to Sean's house to hang out and you watched Sesame Street <laughs> without Sean's children, just the two of you. <laughs> no. And then you're just kind of replaying yeah. the episode for us on this is what's going on. He was he was he was he was he was playing it for me so in my head this is what's going on he was playing it for me because he thought it was hilarious and he wanted me to see it i don't think ellie was there yes he absolutely was oh my god i'm dying (laughs) but anyhow but anyhow it's fucking hilarious it was we're gonna have to go look that up yeah, Ernie. Ernie was just like, oh, I'm so thirsty, Bert. And we were just laughing our asses off. It was funny, but we had a purpose behind watching it. It wasn't just so you and I could sit and watch Bert and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Wow. 
I, I didn't say that the purpose was us to watch Burton. You said Elliot wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 we we were talking about being kids or some shit like that, yeah. and you showed this clip to your kid. Oh my! This is how I remember it. So Sean's like, remember when we were kids and we watched Sesame Street, yeah. and you were something like, yeah. My favorite's Bert and Ernie. Yeah. And Sean's like, let me put some on. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, this is how I imagine you guys. This is what I imagine you guys do when you hang out. Oh, my God. Sure. Those yeah. who, it's close. It's close. <laughs> Those who are listening to this, all I'm going to say is, and Dennis can have his uh, alternate facts all he wants, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but I think most my, people know who has, fake news. I think most people know who has the better memory between the two of us. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> oh, anything else about Rainbow Connection, Laura? Before we move on to the next song. No, I do think it probably was the best song though on the playlist. Oh, would you guys agree with that? The best song? Yeah, yeah. Your heads are shaking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's good at this. She, she's already good at this. She's gonna be. She's gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, next song on the uh, on the playlist, and these last three songs kind of have a connection. There's a bridge with these uh, with these songs, and the next song is "Run" by the Foo Fighters, and then just to preview ahead, we're gonna have a Taylor Hawkins song, and then we're gonna close with a Nirvana song. So you can see the the theme there amongst those uh, those three artists. But uh, this song is "Run" from the 2017 album "Concrete and Gold," and the reason I picked this song is because obviously right before we ended the show taylor hawkins passed away unexpectedly uh, while while the foo fighters were out on tour and they've just recently within the last couple of weeks kind of finally figured out what they're going to do to honor his memory and there's going to be two big memorial concerts that the foo fighters are going to play with a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of other artists and and d i don't know how much you know but i don't know who's drumming for the band or anything like that i don't know if it's going to be some celebrity drummers or or what but it sounds like it's going to be a pretty big deal once they get this all off the ground yeah, no, they have shows in London and LA that are happening. And and I have no idea who's drumming. But they have amazing lineups for both of these shows. They do. And and uh, uh Paul McCartney played in Glastonbury here in Europe uh uh last night and Dave Grohl came out and actually played with him. Oh nice and Bruce Springsteen. Nice. Yeah. So 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 he's recovering. Like I like when he passed away, I thought to myself, like, how the fuck is this band gonna survive? Because Taylor Hawkins was like number Dave two girl's lifeblood. Yeah, he was number yeah. two in the band. Yeah. And 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 uh so it's nice to see that they're doing something, but but at the same time and, and Sean, you picked this song because you said this was one of your favorite songs yeah. to see him play live in, in 2017 on this tour on the concrete and gold tour they were in uh, champagne at uh, assembly hall or state farm center or whatever whatever you call it now and, and a guy that i work with and i went you were supposed to go to this show d and you couldn't because of your job um that's that's a long history of d and his job um but uh but anyway um uh, a guy from that I worked with went with me and they opened the show with this song because it was the big single at the time. And the way they started it, you know, the song kind of starts off a little slow and then all of a sudden it kind of ramps up. 
and the light show that was going on with it. Every time Taylor would beat on those drums as hard as he could, the whole arena would just light up white, you know, and it almost looked like a lightning show going off in the, uh, in the arena. And it was just, it was honestly one of the coolest concert experiences that I've ever seen in terms of just uh, how the music was made up with the lights and everything that was happening. It was just awesome. And when I think of this song, I always think of Taylor Hawkins and his drum work on it. And that's, that's why I chose the song essentially. But yeah, no, that's, that's the thing is, is like the band became, it was Dave Grohl, but then it became Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it was so weird, you know, hearing about his death and then the articles that came out, like, like it was just like, like you said, John, like this is a great, a great song of Taylor Hawkins because the drums are so different. Uh, so so Taylor came on after Color in the Shape because uh, Dave fired his original drummer and redid all the drums for that, that album and when Taylor came on like Dave just left it to him and and you know like that's what cemented them as like best friends and mm -hmm. then there, there was the the uh, the moment like when he had oh my gosh but yeah like like what you said sean when you picked the song was it was like it looked like he had the most fun playing the song yeah and, and i think the problem with the foo fighters you know talking about going forward is because he can't became such a big part of the band there's dave you know and we kind of talked about this a second ago there's dave and then the second face you think of with the band is taylor it, any of the other members and i'm not saying that they're not all hard to replace he's the hardest member besides Dave Grohl of that band to think about somebody else sitting in his place because of their camaraderie and their brotherhood and everything else that they, that they have. It's just no matter what happens going forward. And I think the Foo Fighters will still exist in some form. It's never going to be quite the same with that chemistry that they had on that stage together. It's just, it's just sad that, that it happened. And the other thing that really, really bothers me about um, what's gone on in the last few months since he passed was that, Rolling Stone article that it sounded like yeah. the the journalist that did it wasn't being upfront with uh, Chad Smith and um, who was the other Matt that, Cameron yeah Matt Cameron yeah and and you know they gave him some quotes that that got taken the wrong way and you know when people are mourning and and, and trying to heal I don't even know if they're in the healing stage yet it's been you know such a short amount of time why do that to somebody besides just trying to to sell issues which is everything that's what we were talking about journalism earlier that's everything that's wrong with journalism it's, it's all about what you're trying to sell to make a buck instead of doing things the right way and treating people with respect. No, one, 100%. Like, like, like when that happened, I was like, just shocked, you know, like, like I, I, I remember texting people being like, God, I hope it's not an overdose because that would be, mm -hmm. you know, killer for Dave girl. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 I, I wanted it to be something more, you know, because they were such so close such good friends and such you know the face of this fucking band and and i just hoped i hope to god that it wasn't that and and it, it sounds like it was yeah but 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 that rolling stone article was was awfully damning you know you know whether or not these people were taking out of context or not but you know like chad smith and matt cameron saying he was done he was afraid of 
the load that Dave Grohl wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just it's just awful. So, so the song itself, just to get into uh, this one, one of the other reasons besides his drumming that I like on this song is, as you know, D from the many discussions we've had, I like songs that change up and this song definitely changes up throughout it. And I'm not, I'm not always a huge fan of when Dave Grohl screams, you know, when he scream sings, but it actually fits really well in this song Mm -hmm. when when he's, when he's screaming, the rats are on parade, another mad charade. And then his voice comes down, what you going to do, you know? And then he's like, he's like literally changing the cadence of his voice on every verse of the song. And I just think it sounds really really cool how it goes from this nice sweet like comforting song to just balls out you know at a certain point it's, it's just really cool uh, and, and and off the same album uh uh the uh uh our, 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 oh god damn it this guy is a neighborhood. Just, yeah that's yeah. it off the same album you know like like that had mm-hmm. the the same thing where it was like just two different voices mm-hmm. uh like like the sky's neighborhood same thing like that album was incredible and 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 when i was here in 2017 uh, uh the first time that album uh uh let's play two mm-hmm. pearl jams yeah uh, live album from wrigley and uh, yeah. villains by queens of the stone age came out all at the same time okay when i was here and i was like just in fucking heaven and just like like now it's drive-by truckers uh florence and machine and and uh uh black keys all came out why i was here like it's just just so much fun i uh like the song to say something finally about it (laughs) i'm not a big foo fighters fan i didn't really know any of their songs until i literally went to see them when they're at Wrigley, 2017, <gasps> were you there? I think you were there, Dennis. I wasn't there. Yeah. I was supposed to be you guys there. Talked but about I wasn't it before. There. I wasn't there, but I was supposed to be there. Anyhow, anyway, and that's I didn't even I didn't know I don't know anything. But I've mentioned earlier on the podcast I don't know much about music, <clears throat> but since I saw them in concert, because um, my husband's a fan, I really did like them. I really do like them. I really like this song. I'd not seen the video for it until yesterday when I was looking up through the notes and it's hilarious. Yeah. Where they dress up in the like old people and they're like jamming at the old folks home. Well, and they all and, break and, out. It's, yeah. And, and, and Taylor Hawkins was the one who, who made the video possible. Uh, this video began with Taylor saying, we're getting old. What are we going to do about promo photos? we're so ugly now. And I was like, let's go. It doesn't really matter. And Taylor said in our next video, we should be a hundred years old thrashing to this song. <laughs> and I laughed about it. And I was like, what if we ended up in our senior citizen home? I wrote up the treatment. Everyone thought it was funny. So we sent it to the producers who did sound city and sound the highways. Yeah. So it, that was exactly that. So what year did you say you saw him in 2015 or 2017? I don't really 2017. know. Oh, you, you well, saw she my... said 2017. But I wasn't sure. Okay. It was before before COVID, and they were in Chicago, and I saw them at Wrigley. Okay. Well, if it was on this tour, it was good. I don't know about the 2015. I, I'm tour. not super good with dates, Sean. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so me and you always have this argument. When we saw them, 
on the Wasting Light Tour. That was 2011? Yeah. 2011, okay. In St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had chances to go see him two or three times after that. And I remember I gave tickets to Josh and Brandon and Andy. That was, I know that was on the Sonic Highways tour that you did that. Yeah. Because I'm mad. I'm mad. I didn't go see the Sonic Highways tour because they don't play those songs in concert. And that's a good album. I don't know why they don't, I don't know why they don't ever play them. uh, So the next song is mine in this whole thing about Taylor Hawkins. And it's his hell to pay from Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders second album. And uh, uh, I know obviously people don't, there's not a lot of people that know about this, but he's, but he had three albums with this, this band, an album with uh, the same band with a different name, Birds of Satan. Yeah, he was such a, an amazing songwriter and singer. And, uh, uh, you know, like in the Foo Fighters shows, he would do the Queen cover. Uh, mm-hmm. There was the Led Zeppelin thing that he, they did in 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 Europe. Like he was just an amazing, just an incredibly fun guy. Like so, like he was somebody you saw and you would want to hang out with. But but this song, this song was a little softer and a little like all my friends are, all my favorite songs are slow and sad. Mm-hmm. You know, so I picked this song. Yeah. yeah, I had never heard this song before. I like it. Um, I've not really listened to his uh, to his solo stuff, and and I'll probably check out. Oh gosh, I'll probably check out a little bit more of it now after uh, listening to uh, to this song. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good first one to hear, and you can tell that he's very musically influenced past just hard rock. You know, he you know especially you mentioned singing Queen songs and stuff like that. He seems like he's having more fun doing that than anything he does the entire night. You know, when they're when they're on tour and and stuff like that. So he's he's a great musician all the way around. I mean, he was Alanis Morissette's drummer for what two tours before he joined the Foo Fighters, which I didn't know until that's something I learned from your podcast. When you talked about the Lana's Morissette album or the Jagged Little Pill documentary. These are very informational podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you watch, did you watch that pod, that, that documentary? Yes. I loved it. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Alana's didn't love it. (laughs) But at the same time, like it, it, you know, like, yeah, in the nineties, that's how people were. Like nobody gave a shit about anything. Uh, uh, seriously, right, Lori? You're laughing, but well, I don't know what I, I think. People probably care. People gave some some shits in the '90s. I I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about us necessarily. I'm talking about people in general. Like like you you look at the the fucking limp limp biscuit corn generation mm-hmm. sort of people mm-hmm. were the the frat boy sort of uh 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 uh, nation where they were like not worried about what other people thought Mm -hmm. they were just doing what they wanted to yeah that was awesome the woodstock the woodstock the uh the woodstock documentary is a good one for what you're talking about yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah going back to the chili peppers with the fire sort of thing makes sense i agree yeah yeah. Uh, no. So, so Taylor Hawkins was incredibly prolific. 
outside of the food fighters and and just not necessarily appreciated and and Mm -hmm. and seen that way you know like in in before he died he was doing uh nhc which was uh him and dave navarro uh from uh uh red hot chili peppers one hot minute uh jane's addiction and chris cheney who was in his band and and ended up being in jane's addiction and 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 eddie bitters and the earthlings uh like it's it's like no he he wanted to make music all the time mm-hmm. and not unlike dave Grohl, you know in nirvana like he was just trying to find an outlet for it you know and dave, nirvana ended and and then you know he did foo fighters he went and recorded the album by himself in six weeks you know yeah no just incredible all right so we are to our final song this has been a long taping let's see how long are we into this show we are now at hour and 34 minutes into this show so i think it's time to probably wrap it up and laura the last song is yours and it's a song that we've had on the on the playlist before but you had some perspective of it that you wanted to uh to share well it's my song for you guys i've never ever not heard this song and thought of the two of you i'm sitting in the back of that shitty car and you guys are screaming your heads <laughs> off. I'm offended. <laughs> so I've never heard this song and not been instantly transported back to being what, 18 years old, driving around. And you guys screaming. It's amazing. We got to say what the song is. The song is, where did, oh, you, yeah. sleep? Where did you sleep last night <laughs> from the Nirvana Unplugged album? So, so yeah, we'll leave people guessing what the final song was. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Just important things I left out. Yeah. No big deal. I yeah. think I think half the people listening to this would have guessed that's what the song was. <laughs> if they ever stepped foot in Benny, they would have fucking realized that this is the song we were talking about. The first time I ever heard it was driving around in that car, and you guys were screaming your heads off. I don't know. Yeah, the, uh, Just a the, good memory. The glorious part about that car was is it had uh, two speakers in the back, and I wired two other speakers up to it, and there was no speakers in the front. So when we didn't want to talk to somebody, I would just turn up the radio or D would turn up the radio and we could still talk to each other, but we didn't have to talk to them anymore. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, um, stuff that people actually caught on to and felt offended by. I can't imagine why. <laughs> The other thing about those speakers, I don't know if you remember this, D, but remember the song, um, Have You Seen Mary by, um, who sings that song? Oh, yeah, Sponge. Sponge, yes, thank you. You could you could take it, and because it would it would go on one channel at a time if you wanted it to, I could play that song a cappella because I could cut all the music out, and it just cracked me up. It was such a, such a poorly uh, wired uh, stereo system, but it worked. Going back to the song, Laura, mm-hmm. uh, this song is what made me fall in love with music of our age like i remember seeing this unplugged mm-hmm. like secretly because i m- my dad and stepmom wouldn't allow me to watch mtv mm-hmm. and i was able to catch this mm-hmm. uh, uh uh and 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 i fell in love with this song this last song you know and 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 the way his eyes go right at the last the, it, uh, oh my gosh like like i just was mesmerized by it 
and uh, uh, and then I think the next summer I went home and, and and stayed with mom for you know a month or something, and saw the Pearl Jam unplugged, and it was just like fuck. All right, no, I'm this is my music now, and uh, but I remember after Kurt Cobain died, uh, uh, they they decided they were going to release this on CD, and Sean's mom went was working you know in springfield mm-hmm. and bought us each copies each of us and kenny guess right yep, that's right yep yeah he, she stopped at at one of the record stores and bought each of us these record the the copy mm-hmm. of the, the cds and i was just like no and then i used to buy it for people for their graduations and everything like mm-hmm. like this was this was like our goddamn sergeant pepper almost like like if you told me i can only have one cd in the world or one album in the world on an island i would pick nirvana unplugged Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the thing the thing about this song too that just still it's it's such a haunting song you know all the way around it's just such a powerful song but the part the part to me is after he's done singing and they just play it out that it like it's like yeah. the music ramps up that extra level and just kind of like kicks you in the ass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a really that look yeah. that look in his eyes mm-hmm. at at the end when he's that mm-hmm. that part. You know, like it's almost like that was his last breath mm-hmm. sort of thing, and it's just like fucking amazing and haunting <laughs> and and. The funny thing is, is you and I did used to drive around and listen to this and scream our heads off, as Laura mentioned. And every time, every time I would do it, I would like, because I, I can't sing, you know, and uh, you can at least have some semblance of singing, but I cannot. And it would just push me to the point where it would make me start coughing. And so the other day I'm listening to the playlist and I was kind of singing along to it. It still happens. I thought it was because of smoking, but it's not. No, it still it still does it. But you still have to hit that that breath at just the right time, which is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> you know, you gotta time no, it out just no. right. And I don't know if you remember D, but we would actually rewind it if we didn't get it right and do it again <laughs> until we got it done. So, so, so the woman I'm working here with on this trip is close to our age, and 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 she remembered when cd players weren't prevalent in cars where you had the tape oh yeah thing and the the passenger had to hold the disc mid and hold it up yeah, yeah. Where it would, you can't put it on your lap None no, of that. i can't i can't just sit it out of the lake yeah and and, and it, it was so much fun because like i hadn't thought about that in for so long but that's how we listened to nirvana that's how mm-hmm. we listen to oasis mm-hmm. that's how we listen to pearl jam mm-hmm. uh, uh laura you, uh, like, i think on the podcast we talked about like i remember sean bought pearl jam versus the same day that he bought uh what the fuck is his name uh 10 foot tall and Bull- bulletproof oh i didn't that was a tape i remember that was a tape that was yeah yeah you, yeah yeah um, no that was travis tritt yeah yeah mm-hmm. but you uh the same day you bought both of those you bought <laughs> pearl jam versus and travis Tritt, and i'm just like how the fuck can you do but see i'm still like that though i haven't changed i, I still like country and i like all of it so except sure, for new country sure no no and i've eased up on it like like mm-hmm. we've talked about but uh but yeah no uh this song uh 
where'd you sleep last night? Like, I think, I think it represents a lot of what we went through, you know, from ages, you know, from sophomores Mm -hmm. to, you know, starting college Mm -hmm. and everything like, like it, like this is the perfect song to end this podcast. And that's why Sammy Hagar started it and maybe better was in the middle. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it was, I, it was also the Beatles sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts from you, Laura, about this song? Mm-mm. How can you follow that? That was perfect. Dennis. <laughs> well, that does it for this bonus edition of Sean and D's good tape. Unless either one of you have something else to talk about. Okay. So we'll wrap it up in D. I think we do have to do a show. Um, after next weekend, after you potentially see Pearl Jam, after I potentially see Sammy Hagar, because I have convinced myself something bad is going to happen this week, and I won't actually be able to go to that show. You know, I'm being paranoid, but because you know, I am. Yeah, I am. I am. So, two Sammy Hagar shows, a Modest Mouse show, and a comedy show. I, like, I can't believe that I'm actually going to see Pearl Jam. Yes. So. It's we'll hard to get your, it's hard to get your hopes up when things tend to uh, happen before things like that. So, you know, yeah. you know, at, at very least I'm figuring that my flight will get canceled or, you know, something, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but I think we need to do a show on the other side of it. And plus uh, we need to have Richie join us and talk about his grateful dead experience. Cause I just really want to hear all about that. That's the next show. That's yes. Yes. your Sammy, your Sammy show, my Pearl Jam yeah. show. And him talking about the 35 minute drum solo (laughs) so uh so we'll be (laughs) to quote we're seven minutes into a 25 minute drum solo fuck these guys what's the (laughs) 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 so i really i really want to hear more about it (laughs) but until then you know so we'll probably do that sometime you know mid-july something like that you know we don't want to make any promises because we're not good at keeping keeping promises about when shows will come out but uh this was this was fun to do today and uh fun to catch up and all of that fun stuff but we will be back next time here on Sean and D's good tape. I want you to know it's over. Well, bye. <laughs>